0: Good morning, everyone, Uh, and we will continue in our studies at looking at well-being. Now, this last two weeks, we've looked at physical well-being, emotional well-being, and today we continue in our studies looking at the topic of spiritual well-being. Now, the book that we are looking at uh, in part looks at the life of Elijah, this Old Testament prophet, and it's to the scriptures that I will go this morning to look at aspects of uh, this topic area. So let's pick up the story from uh, where uh, we, will, we will run from, shall we say. So King Ahab is making his way back to his palace in Samaria. Elijah is running on ahead, even though uh, Ahab's running, uh, riding in a chariot. Uh, Ahab is outrunning him in the power of the Lord. And when Ahab gets back to Samaria, he reports back to Queen Jezebel everything that has taken place. And Jezebel flies into a rage because her power base has been diminished because her priests, the 450 priests of Baal, have been put to death by a dramatic power of God's power with the fire falling from heaven and then Elijah ordering their death sentence. But the queen also shows something of her evil and very manipulative heart. She did something with devastating effect. Now, being the queen, and she detested Elijah, she simply could have sent a team of executioners outside to probably where he was and put him to death there and then. But instead, she does something far, far more sinister. She simply sent a message to him, and the message said this, and I'll quote, May the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like that of one of them, one of them being the 450 prophets. In essence, she's saying, in 24 hours time, Elijah, I'm guaranteeing this, you're going to be dead. Jezebel poisoned Elijah's mind with that kind of message. She gave him 24 hours to churn it over and over in his mind to reflect what she had said to him and that venom that she injected with these words contaminated his thoughts, contaminated his perspective, contaminated his emotions, contaminated even his psychological well-being, resulting in the fact That Elijah was seized by fear. One sentence, one word literally, and Elijah was seized by fear. The Bible simply says, Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. Here we are, this great man of God that the Bible also says was an ordinary man, just like us. A man who wasn't afraid when he stood against the king on two occasions. He displayed no fear when he challenged the 450 prophets of Baal to see whose who's God really is God. He was unfa- unfazed when he confronted hundreds of thousands of, 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 of Israel people, Israeli people, when they stood on Mount Carmel. But a single text message sent from, a, sent from this woman made him run in fear in a second elijah forgot everything that god had done for him and through him suddenly all his life for the last three and a half years the faith inspired drought the ravens feeding him every day the jar of flour and oil never running out the boy resurrected from the dead The fire from heaven and the downpour of rain brought about by his prayers. Suddenly, all that meant nothing to him. One sentence, one sentence from this woman's lips. That became the focal point of his life. And the God and Elijah and God that he had served so well, suddenly God faded into the background in his mind. And this text message, this this threat, became the focal point of his thinking. Fear conquered faith. Spiritual defeat was snatched from the jaws of spiritual victory. And running away was a better option than running towards. After all his exploits in God, I think that's why... James, in his letter in the Bible, says he was just an ordinary man in many ways like us. So Elijah starts running, 60 miles in fact, all the way to Beersheba, where he did something which is sadly typical of anyone in a spiritually depressed state. He jettisons his friend, his companion, his servant, and he chooses... The marooning emptiness of isolation instead of the comforting harbour of companionship. He gets rid of his friend, his companion. Elijah keeps running. Please listen to me. Elijah keeps running, but the distance he covered didn't make any difference because in reality, he wasn't running away from Jezebel. He was running away. From what was in his mind he was running away from himself he learned the biggest battle in life is not against other people or sickness or situations or circumstances the biggest battles that we'll always face are with ourselves and if we are honest we will find that maybe sometimes we are subject to the same inner battles The battle of self. Do you like people watching? I do. Because you see an awful lot when you just simply watch people carefully. I have observed people who are outwardly sick, yet inwardly they seem so healthy. I have noticed people who are obviously poor, and yet inwardly, they appear so rich. I have seen people visibly downtrodden, and yet inwardly, they are buoyant and upbeat. Have you seen them? I admire such people. I really do admire them. But at the same time, as you people watch, I've seen some people who appear to be visually healthy, Yet inwardly, they appear so unwell. Outwardly, I've seen some people who were so prosperous, dripping in gold and possessions, and yet inwardly, they seem so destitute. I have seen people, mostly on the TV, who appear to be the enviable icon of success. And yet inwardly, when you look beneath that veneer, they're a complete and utter failure. Now, you may have observed non-Christian friends, colleagues, even watched the TV celebrities who are outwardly confident, composed and successful, and yet peel away that veneer of being all sorted and all together, or one day read the latest media headline and you'll find that so often Even the most dramatic looking people in this society today are inwardly broken, confused and tired of camouflaging their reality of being spiritually devoid of any wholeness or wellness. I can hear you say, yeah, I know such people. I've seen them. They pop up often. But my next question is this. Do you know any Christians who also attempt to conceal their spiritual unwellness with a well-manicured masquerade? Oh yes, yes, I can hear you say, I, I've seen them, I've seen them. Are you one of those Christians? One of my favorite all-time films is Forrest Gump. And I love the scene where Forrest is sat on his veranda, his porch, and then all of a sudden he wants to start running and ends up running right across America with the Jackson Brown song playing and the film track. The song is called Running On Empty, great song. Running On Empty. That's exactly what Elijah did. That's what many people are doing today, running on empty. And sometimes for Christians, if we are honest, sometimes we are running with our spiritual tank on reserve with the red warning light on, like your car fuel tank. Today, little has changed since Elijah's time Except for one subtle difference. In Elijah's day there was amongst all people groups a general acceptance that there was an existence of God or gods which they worshipped and people worshipped either superstitiously begrudgingly or genuinely sometimes acknowledged that there is a spiritual higher transcendent being. However with the birth of our modern era and the expansion of our scientific learning, humanity in general, in general terms, has deleted God from their contact list and replaced him with the promises that science has for so long offered. But after two years of scientific breakthroughs as wonderful and I'm as thankful as anyone that we've had them, Humanity today, often reluctantly, has to acknowledge that science does not meet some of the fundamental needs of life. And in the last few decades, we have witnessed the birth of the New Age movement, which celebrates the dawn in realization that science cannot meet every human need. But it is at this important point that we post-modern people respond in a similar way to Elijah's day. We are coming to recognize our need of God, but prefer to avoid the implications of being accountable to a higher transcendent being. And so, so often we seek spiritual nourishment elsewhere, and that is dangerous. And I will go on to explain why. As I thought of how we can receive and replenish our spiritual well-being I was immediately drawn to a verse in the Bible written by King David over 3000 years ago now and it's this verse which was read earlier Psalm 36 verse 9 for with you is the fountain of life in your light we see light. What images, what thoughts, what feelings come to your mind when you see or think of a fountain? To me, a fountain speaks of life, of water dancing, shimmering in the sunlight, bringing a freshness and a sultry hot day. But fountains don't just happen they need certain forces in order to function. And until the late 19th century, most fountains were operated by gravity and needed a much higher source of water than the fountain itself. That water was piped down from mountains and the water forcing its way through the pipes to the end of the tip of the fountain would cause the water to shoot and sparkle and dance in the air. The famous Trevi fountains of Rome are a classic example of how a fountains worked in those days. However, today uh, we utilize modern science and powerful electric pumps are used to force water to the fountain nozzle and high into the air Just Google fountains and you'll see the spectacular ones in Dubai and Las Vegas, how we have done some wonderful things with using a higher, stronger force to propel the water. But nature has its own fountains that also operate on a similar principle, the need of a greater or higher force. Let me show you some and some some images will now come on the screen. What you are now seeing are known as blowholes, and these are the ones that I've seen in Hawaii. They occur when waves crash into rocks, and the water is forced through tiny channels into the rocks, causing the water to shoot out through the top of the rock, high into the air, forming a natural fountain with every wave that comes in a fountain is lifted into the air. Again, a higher force, a greater force is used. This time, it's all the might of the Pacific Ocean surging through tiny cracks into the rocks. You don't need me to tell you about Old Faithful in Yellowstone National Park, where again, maybe every 44 minutes or so, a steaming hot fountain of water It's projected over 50 yards into the air. And this happens for the similar principle, a greater or stronger force. And below Yellowstone lies one of the largest volcanoes in the world. The moral of this story is this, for a fountain to operate, a greater or higher force is needed to empower it. So let's come back to the scripture that David wrote under the inspiration of God's Spirit 3,000 years ago. For with you is the fountain of life. In your light, we see light. The Bible is clear. Despite what many think today, God is the fountain, not of water, but of life itself. He is the greater, higher, transcendent being He is the one who created this universe. He is the person that can flow through our lives today by the person of the Holy Spirit. And he can cause us to know vibrant, eternal life by having his very presence within us. Jesus once sat at a well with a lady and he made this incredible statement to her. He said that the water he can give will become within the individual a spring a fountain of water welling up to eternal life but as i have said many people today want life or they want life certainly we all want life but not with the implications of being accountable to an all-powerful all-holy all-gracious loving god People want to be masters of their own lives. So, abundant life is often searched for anywhere else other than God. And as I've said, that is very dangerous. But I would argue, please listen to me, I would argue that a life without God's spirit, God's presence in dwelling, living, guiding, empowering and transforming that individual A life without God's presence is not really life at all. Then life is but fleeting moments of happiness punctuated by long passages of existing and searching for more and more and more. Everyone accepts that we are physical And emotional beings, but we are spiritual beings also. And that is where the corridors of science, materialism and status simply cannot satisfy. At the moment of God, at the moment of creation, God breathed his life into humanity, but humanity rejected God and lost life of lost the life of God within us and we, humanity, have been out of spiritual balance ever since. Dare I say it, dare I say it, without God we are waterless fountains and in a visual sense a waterless fountain does not portray the vitality of life the hawaiian blowholes are just holes in the ground without the the ocean surging through them an old faithful in yellowstone is just a hole in the ground without the volcano heating and bursting through water into it and a human being made in the image of god without god's spirit within without within him or her is just an empty vessel to quote jackson brown running on empty let's pull these thoughts together now coming back to elijah that's where we started who was used by god in such unique and miraculous ways there was no denying he was a deeply spiritual man who knew God's Spirit working upon his life. But what went wrong with Elijah? He had known the power of God's presence working through him, the drought, the ravens, the resurrected boy, the fire from heaven. But after all those spiritual victories, just one word, one word from a woman, and it all went wrong. His spiritual collapse can be summed up in two statements in the Bible, which are just a sentence apart. Let me read them to you, compare and contrast. 1 Kings 18, 46. The power of the Lord came on Elijah and tucking his cloak into his belt, he ran ahead of Ahab all the way to Jezreel That's 18 miles he outrun a horse and chariot. You have a sentence. And then this next sentence. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. Notice the difference. In my first reading, he was running in the power of the Lord. God's spirit was working upon him. He was running full. In the next verse. He is running in fear. He is running empty. What went wrong? Well, to answer that question, you can ask it in a different way. Ask this question. Why would a fountain cease to work? Man-made fountains need maintenance because they get blocked through neglect they gradually clog up or something else enters the system and the jets and the channels get blocked that way. In Elijah's case we're not told exactly what went wrong but Bible commentators suggest it may have been a combination of factors that caused his spiritual well-being to be so overwhelmed such as the physical fatigue from all his efforts at Mount Carmel, and the mental disappointment that the king and queen had not turned to God and not turned the nation back to him. And so a combination may be despondency, and that despite all that he had done, everything in his heart and mind appeared pointless and fear gripped him. When that woman spoke it may have been the domino effect one thing after another suddenly brought him to this situation elijah may have allowed all those things to block his faith and his dependence upon god he allowed the things to block the fountain of life into his life because in god's word as we have said in your light we see light from that Jezebel text message. Everything from Elijah went from light to darkness. He was spiritually empty because he allowed other things to block the flow of God's presence, that fountain into his life. Fear surpassed faith and so he ran. He ran on empty application time. What about you, Christian viewer, listener? What is your spiritual flow like? What is my spiritual flow like? Are you knowing the fountain of God's Spirit flowing within, bringing peace and hope and life and comfort and direction? Or has that fountain of God's spirit within you got blocked or restricted through neglect? And the, ad- and the admittance of allowing other distracting factors to influence? If, if it can happen to Elijah, it can happen to you, and it can happen to me, and probably more often than we would care to admit don't run on empty let the fountain of life fill you till overflowing so that in your light we see light how do you restore how do i restore that flow and replenish our spiritual reserves to stabilize our spiritual well being. Well the book we're looking at written by Dave Smith Well-Being covers some very practical steps and we will be discussing these aspects within our life groups this coming week and in our devotionals and so I will not seek to provide more options or discuss them in detail now. I think the benefit will come when we discuss them together. But in the time left for me and in To bring my thoughts to a close, I want to speak to those watching who would say that they have no belief in God, or at least considering the words that I am saying to you today. If you have no faith, to you, thank you for listening, but what about you? I believe there is a God-shaped place, whole, in your life right now that no other pleasure or desire in this world can seek to fill. I would go as far as to say that without God in your life you will never know spiritual well-being. You can follow all the latest trends to find spiritual wholeness and Google and you will find them, find them by there, a bucket load of how to find inner peace. But what is missing in your life is God, knowing his grace, his forgiveness, his presence. And that cannot be filled with anything or anyone else. And trying to fill that gap with other things will only make you feel more empty. God created you, God loves you, God has an eternal purpose for you that his son Jesus made possible by coming to this earth as a human being and taking upon himself your failures, my failures, and paying the price to secure our forgiveness. That is the kind of God I invite you to today, who suffered our transgressions to bring us peace. If you want spiritual well being, the only way to find it is in Jesus Christ. He is the fountain of life, and only in His light will you see light. I invite you to open your life to Him today. Don't run on empty, but come to the true fountain of life. Thank you for listening.